Thanks for tuning in to Best Show Ever, a podcast presented by The Ingler. This week, we're talking about at-home and DIY crafting during the pandemic. Then we'll hear from dancer and choreographer Stephanie Miracle, and we'll chat with Benito Ocampo Campos, the owner of Vanos Flowers and Gifts, about his Best Show Ever experience. But first, here's a word from our sponsors. For your investment and financial planning needs, Ross and Ryland DeLavoy of MidAmerica Securities Management are here to help. You can find Ross and Ryland at the Chauncey Building in downtown Iowa City. They can also be found online at midamericasecurities.com or by calling 319-337-9842 for more information. Securities and advisory services offered through Nations Financial Group, member FINRA slash SIPC, a registered investment advisor. It's no secret that the pandemic has caused a widespread increase in stress levels. Whether you're a stay-at-home parent stuck inside all day, a teacher leading virtual classes, a healthcare worker exposing yourself daily, a furloughed employee relying on unemployment, or anything in between, life has been nothing short of unpredictable since last March. Everybody has different coping mechanisms that they turn to in order to process and deal with stress. And a collective trauma like this pandemic certainly calls for some sort of collective coping. The human brain is hardwired to pay attention to threats, and with the threat of COVID-19 creeping up everywhere, it's important and necessary to have hobbies that you can turn to. I'm not sure if you've noticed, but it seems like everywhere I look, people are knitting, crocheting, or turning to other forms of stay-at-home crafting as a means of coping. With so much uncertainty and anxiety swirling around, it can be difficult to feel in control of anything. You can't always control how the pandemic affects you, but you can control the things you create with your own hands. Crafting is an excellent way to unwind, distract yourself from doom scrolling, break up the monotony of quarantine days, and its surge in popularity can also be attributed to the desire to feel productive in a time when many people have been stripped of their usual tasks. Etsy's trend expert, Dana Isom Johnson, told Teen Vogue that shoppers have been specifically drawn towards DIY kits as opposed to already made goods, showing a trend towards new skills as a time filler. The site has seen a 64% increase in searches in the craft supplies and tools category since March, and a staggering 221% increase in searches for DIY kits. This isn't the first time masses of people have turned to crafting during times of crisis. During the famine of the 1840s, philanthropists in Ireland established crochet schools, where they trained impoverished farming families to make lace. French peasant women during World War I cross-stitched military scenes while their homes were under fire, and after the war, many soldiers from England, Australia, and New Zealand used art therapy as a means of coping with PTSD. Photos from London during World War II show women knitting in air raid bunkers and ambulance running boards. Today, artists across the U.S. are sewing masks for healthcare workers and sending them to hospitals in need. There's a wide swath of evidence that backs up these tendencies. A 2013 study published by the British Journal of Occupational Therapy gathered responses from over 3,000 knitters and found that worldwide, there is a significant relationship between knitting frequency and feelings of calm and happiness. In 2010, the American Journal of Public Health examined the connection between art-based interventions and healing and found that art does indeed promote healing. 
And a study published in the International Journal of Art Therapy proved the hypothesis that there would be a lowering of salivary cortisol levels, that's stress, as a result of visual art making. So whether it's knitting, crocheting, embroidery, or even just good old painting and drawing, gather your supplies. Get the DIY kit, set up a FaceTime date with a friend so you can learn together, or call your grandma and see if she has any tips. However you want to go about it, we encourage you to pick up a crafty hobby. And may even help relieve some of those darn pandemic blues. Stephanie Miracle is a visiting assistant professor in dance for the University of Iowa. She's traveled the world dancing, choreographing, and experimenting with mixed media centered around movement. Her most recent work was done in collaboration with spoken word artist and previous Best Show Ever guest Stephen Willis, as well as composer and PhD student Ramin Rushendel. It's called The Parking Project. It's a free site-specific audio interactive experience which takes place in downtown Iowa City. Okay, Stephanie, thanks so much for uh, taking some time to meet virtually. Um, it's an honor to meet you. Thanks yeah, for coming. I'm, uh, I'm really happy to be here. I had so much fun creeping on all of your uh, projects. You know, I'm thinking in my head, oh my gosh, there's simply too much to talk about. So <laughs> I'll, tr I'll try not to go too ham today. Um, I do want to first uh, start out by talking about a little bit of your teaching experience here in Iowa City. Um, you're a visiting assistant professor in the dance department. Um, and I actually read in an interview um, you gave that going from in-person to online, you said, brought a different kind of humanity to the experience. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> we need to talk about that. Could you like unpack what that means and and then also just the effect maybe that pandemic has had on your teaching style I guess yeah 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 I was thinking about this this morning um the shift to online teaching of course was provoked by a really major world event that's still ongoing which is this pandemic we're dealing with and um the form of humanity that I've seen emerge out of this is, is more honesty about um, what's going on in our internal space, or at least an opportunity to be real about that. So mm. when we went online in the spring, I felt like it, there was a real um, reckoning with why we're doing things like why are we dancing and what is the value of this and I had some fantastic dialogue with my undergraduate students and some of my graduate students about this and it kind of scratched away at some of the facade or um you know got a little bit deeper into mm -hmm. <laughs> why we're doing what we're doing yeah yeah and um you know, it, it continues to be a frustrating challenge to deal with virtual space versus in-person space. And even now, in-person space is still mitigated with other safety precautions. Um, but I, I do think just the, the volatility of this time and how frustrating and difficult and emotional it is, there's a lot 
in that for us to be, be more real with each Mm. other. That's a really cool observation. I mean, there is something about disruption that makes us question, I guess, everything (laughs) Um, speaking personally, but you know, it's good to, to question your beliefs and to challenge and then work that out. And that's really cool that that's something that you're like able to do with your students right now, like have those convos. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, I feel so lucky. I really do. <laughs> Let's talk about the parking space project. So stoked. It sounds so cool. I'm literally going immediately after we do this. I was like, before <laughs> we had this interview, I like called my partner over and I was like, do you think I have time to go do this right now? Like, <laughs> I was like, is this a bad idea? Tell me. He's like, um, you probably should just go after. I'm like, you're right. No, Twenty minutes. <laughs> um, but yeah, can you tell us about this, the parking space, how it was conceived, the collaborators? Well, let's see. So this this project was born sort of at the end of the summer, um, before the university got back up and running, and um, I had run into. I had been working with Ramin. Uh, on um the mammals in captivity podcast and then we were going to work together again so we had already established a really a really excellent collaborative process and i was looking forward to working with him again um and then i had run into steven willis at a park he was walking his dog and i was playing with my son and um he we had met once um I was teaching a workshop. He's a, he, he's finishing up his MFA in acting. So mm-hmm. we had met once before and I was just so struck by his, um, he, he just had such a vitality in his presence. And, um, I knew he was a poet and writer, but also a performer. So me seeing him again reminded me, I really want to work with this person in some way. So, um, through that, uh, we applied for a grant through the city, a matching grant through the city. And um, once we got that funding, we started meeting on a regular basis. And I'd say the best aspect of this project was just the collaboration itself, the dialogues that were sparked, the time we spent together on walks, you know, socially distanced and with max masks and whatnot, but we spent so much time together in, um, wandering through biking through Iowa city, and then eventually on this parking ramp, uh, rooftop. And it was a braiding of our interests and our, um, responses to the space that, that is the construction of this, um, this audio experience. And yeah, it's, it's a interactive in the sense that you can go up and you have different ways of listening, um, to the various parking spaces on the fourth floor. And there are invitations just to, um, listen to something that's non-text-based to hear some, um, some pieces that are more mindfulness oriented and to do some um, other kinds of ways of seeing and interacting with the space. They're pretty, it's, it's, we designed it in a way that's 
um, intended to be accessible. We've not done that perfectly. I feel like we're still researching ways to make it even more accessible for people that have visual um, impairments, for example, but that's a, something we're working on. Anyway, it was a great, great experience and we're still um, adding new little uh, sections and aspects. So that will be, <laughs> it's, it's complete as it is, but we're adding little tidbits as seasons change. So yeah, yeah, it's been such a pleasure to work with them and we're very happy to be offering it now. We've gotten great feedback about the experience. It's such a cool idea. And I mean, I think a lot of us are just fiending for um, opportunities to go do something. Yeah. Like have something to go get dressed and go out and do. Yeah. I feel <laughs> bad about it. Yeah. Um, and I love that it was, you know, kind of conceived in a public space, like full circle. You're in a park. And then you create this whole project about public space and space. And I also love how parking spaces, you know, the name's kind of in parking spaces, a new way to think about it. How do you want people to, to feel or, um, I don't know, or tips for, you know, I'm about to go, what, what, what would be a tip before I engage in the experience? We designed it in a way so that you can interact with it as, as you desire. So there's a couple different options. One is you can just listen to um, one full sequence so you don't have to fiddle with your phone. Um, and, and that's a really nice way to interact with it. And then you can also do one parking space at a time. So preparing to go see it is more just like... Uh, not having a lot of expectation, not feeling rushed, um, and, and being in your own body. <laughs> I think one, one thing that's really fun to think about when you do the experience is that, um, there are certain pathways that get kind of traced as you walk from space to space. And it's, um, really beautiful to think about the other people who have been there before you doing the mm. same experience and seeing slightly different things or the environment being slightly different. Maybe it was, um, 10 o'clock at night when they went, maybe it was nine o'clock in the morning when they went, maybe there were two cars parked up there. Maybe there were none. And so the different kind of, um, layers of time and then a much bigger spectrum of time as well on top of that well i'm stoked yeah i'm ready i'm gonna put my jacket on throw the boots on and i'm gonna get and i've always you know had this a little love for parking garages there's just something about them the way you can go to the top yeah skyline so i'm already i was already on board and now i'm even more jacked up well, we uh, will encourage everyone else now, everyone else, check out the parking space. Um, you can just Google it, the parking space, Iowa City. I did it. I found the info. We've linked it in our description. And we will definitely be keeping an eye out for your future work because you've done so many cool and inspiring things in the last year. Um, so we will definitely be 
sharing your future projects. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And any artist person, any, any person interested in having more of a dialogue or collaboration, I, I am so game for that. I think this time, because of the disruption, it's such a ripe opportunity for sharing. Oh, yeah. I was thinking about this as like, you know, definitely there's something about this time that feels a little apocalyptic. Like, mm-hmm. what, what the, yep. you know? <laughs> um, <Yep>. I know. <laughs> and so, because of that, I feel really challenged to um, check myself about any hoarding tendencies, like just share it all. Like anything, um, you know, we, we all are like dealing with small space or like limitations. So come on over, like I'll share what I have. Feel free to share what you have. Like, let's make a party out of this. So any Iowa City artists who want to like chat more, I am so up for that awesome the sharing party yeah the sharing party love it well thank you again stephanie yeah thank you this has been a pleasure we'll be back in a minute for our conversation with benito ocampo campos But first, a word from our sponsors. Hey, thanks for listening to Best Show Ever, sponsored in part by Friends of the Invert. Are you a student? Did you know that for just $10 a month, you can join student Friends of the Inglert and get free access to the Inglert Theater's entire digital season? For just $10, your membership will grant you the ability to buy tickets before they go on sale to the general public, complimentary access to Witching Hour and Mission Creek Festival, and stages musical performances, plus free access to screen time and storytellers, programs of wavelength, deeper learning through the arts. Plus, we'll send you a free cool t-shirt. So, if you are a high school, trade school, college, or graduate school student, you can become a member and take advantage of these amazing perks. Plus, you'll be supporting the Ingrid Theater to help us in our mission to inspire and activate positive community growth through the arts. Join Friends of the Ingrid by visiting ingrid.org friends. Benito Ocampo Campos was born and raised in Morelos, Mexico, where he fell in love with flowers at an early age. Benito moved to Chicago at 21 and came to Iowa City five years later to study floral design. He now owns and operates Benos Flowers in downtown Iowa City, along with his adorable doggy sidekick, Maxwell. Okay, Benito, it's so nice to meet you. I've heard such amazing things about what a fun and lovely person you are. So I'm really excited to get to talk with you a little bit today. Hi, Lee. Thank you so much for having me. It's really nice to meet you too. And I'm I'm so excited for this interview. It will be fun. (laughs) Yay! Um, Okay, so I did a little sleuthing on the internet and I read your profile in Little Village. um, And the way you talked about how you fell in love with flowers, um, how you grew up with them. I, it was just like so beautiful and warm and it made me feel good. So I was wondering if you could just briefly describe, um, how you found your passion for flowers and yeah. 
You know, um, it's so interesting. Um, I found my passion with flowers, right? You know, when I was back in Mexico, I, um, I grew up in a farm, so I will see, you know, the flowers growing up there. And I always have kind of, you know, the um, interest to kind of trying to play. But when I was back there, I didn't have the opportunity to kind of, you know, take classes and that kind of stuff. So until I moved to um, Chicago, that's what I moved before, uh, I start. I have a friend that he works for a big floral company. So he kind of introduced me more to that and then helped me. And then after that, I started to take classes. And I just, you know, I just love the way that, you know, flowers can express, you know, like even if it's a happy occasion or a sad occasion, every time I deliver the flowers, you can see like the smiles and how people are so excited and happy. So I just think flowers always, you know, bright everyone's day. So. Yeah. Um, I actually never thought about, I guess I always thought about flowers and arranging floral arrangements as being an art form, but I never thought about it being expressive, which you just mentioned now. And you mentioned in your profile a little bit too, um, how you can actually with the light and the colors and the, the design and the arrangement can say something. Um, and I'm kind of wondering when you're putting an arrangement together, what are you thinking about or what goes to your head when you're trying to piece something together? You know, it to me, it feels two different emotions. Like it depends what kind of arrangement I'm doing. Like when I'm doing arrangements for bride, it's, it's so much about happiness and love and sometimes even memories. Like uh, one time I created this beautiful bouquet for this bride and then she brought this... Um, uh, it was the marriage certificate for the grandma. And she's like, I want to incorporate in my bouquet. And I was like, how can we do that? So we make a flower made of paper. And it was so touching to see the flower in the um, bouquet. The bride was so happy, you know, and it's just like every single arrangement, I think, represent different history, like uh, even like, you know, sometimes people come to the store and they will build their own bouquet and they, they say, oh, I like that flower because that was my grandma's favorite flower or my mom's favorite flower. And when they buy flowers, they take flowers and they also remember the people that they love. And I don't know, it's just, it's just so much fun working with flowers. Yeah, that must be amazing. I I have thought before, like, is there really any better retail sort of environment to be in except for like in a flower shop where a it smells amazing b it's beautiful inside of there and c everyone's just coming in and expressing their love for one another like hot really does it get better than that yeah i don't know yeah it's just it's just a fun experience you know like every time you know even like when people come to the store they feel you know i have Lots of customers, they told me, you know, I just love to come to your store, like after an exam or anything, because it felt, it made me feel so relaxed and so happy. So it's just, um, it's just like an amazing experience. Therapeutic too. Yeah. yeah. I always forget about that. There's some very realness in the therapy that, that plants and flowers can bring to our lives. That's, there's no question about that. <laughs> um, so you became a business owner I feel like at a pretty young age, um, and a successful one too, what were some of the biggest challenges, um, starting your business? Maybe what are some of the challenges now 
uh, as we are in pandemic mode? You know, there were a lot of different challenges. I think uh, the first challenge when I moved to the United States, it, it was uh, learning the language because I didn't uh, speak as much English. Um, so that was one challenge. And then the second challenge was, you know, are people are going to like me, you know, are people are going to really like my work and, uh, and to kind of show people my work. Like that was pretty kind of hard. But uh, I think after people start to know more, a little bit more about me and see my work, they just um, come back, you know, and come back to the store and then help me with my business. I've been having, you know, an amazing support. That's one of the things that I also uh, love so much Iowa City because I think the community in here is just amazing. People love to support small small business owners. And then I feel there is a lot of diversity in here. And um, it's, it's there's a lot of challenges also, you know, in the pandemic when everything is started. But, you know, I think um, being in Iowa City and the community that we have in here, it's been so grateful. Like the downtown district, Iowa City, it's been helping too a lot. So it's just it's just been challenged, but I feel there is a lot of support in here. Yeah. And I mean, I think that goes both ways because I truly have heard like the most amazing things about you and all the people who are trying to get you on the podcast. We're like so excited. Um, yeah, to to support you. Um one thing I saw on your Facebook that I thought was just so endearing was you delivered I don't I don't I don't remember if it was Mother's Day or e- no it was Easter Easter and Mother's Day yeah it was Easter born. and Mother's Day you were doing yeah. deliveries and you like wore a pink suit mm-hmm. and like had like an Easter bunny hat mm-hmm. on how yep. did that idea come that was, you know it was like what can I you know after the pandemic and everything everyone was so stressful it was such a really sad time and in my mind was, I was thinking, how can I make people smile and feel a little bit more happy? Because it was so stressful at the beginning. I was stressed, you know, and I kind of want to share happiness with people. And then um, my sister say, hey, I have this uh, bunny hat. And I say, maybe I should just do deliveries as, as Bonnie Benno. <laughs> that would be fun. And it was one of the most amazing experiences that I can have. Um, children's and even like older uh, children, like 15, 20 uh, older people, they were so excited to see the Bonnie Benno. It was such a magical moment. And Mother's Day, my sister, she dresses uh, the fairy tale, the fairy flower, and it was really fun too. It's just, you know, we were bringing the joy of flowers and then doing something else fun. It was kind of bringing extra smiles. So it was it was really fun, too. Oh, yeah. It's so nice when there can be just moments where like just the magic of joy is alive. And I mean, it almost always just has to do with people going out of their way to make each other smile and I don't know, be silly. And I just think that's so cool that you and your sister did that because you know that had to have meant a lot to a lot of people yeah um so i'm wondering get to know you better a little bit uh pre-pandemic what outside of the flower shop what are the kind of things that you would maybe go out and do go out and see you know what 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 do you do in your in your free time basically yeah. 
You know, I love to take vacations and go to places where it's warm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's um, fair. (laughs) I'm originally from Mexico, so the weather is beautiful. Um, And I just love, like, you know, to go and explore, like, uh, like on my free time, like last um, before pandemic, I went to Arizona. And I love to go to places that I will learn something. Like I love, I went to this nursery uh, where I learned a lot about cactus. And I like to, you know, on on my free time to do something that I like it and I can learn also something else. Mm. So do you often go on vacations that have an appeal because of the the flora, the botany? Like you go to experience different kinds of flowers? Yeah, I I have two different kinds, not as much as I used to, but because, you know, when you own a business, it takes a lot of time and work. Um, but uh, I do try always to take some time and learn new experience. Like um, before the pandemic, I also went to another floral um, convention with uh, there were florists from all over the world and they were teachers from all over the world too. Uh, and it's really fun because you learn also from other people and uh, interact and see uh, how can you improve, you know, with uh, learning for the experience of other people too. Yeah. Aside from traveling and going to conventions, are there ways that you uh, look for inspiration in your arrangements or like other art forms that inspire the way you, um, you know, do your work? Yeah, of course. You know, like I, I think every day it's always a learning day. Uh, and I love to go to those places to learn a different techniques or different ways to uh, work with the flowers or uh, other different things. Yeah. Um, okay, so I want to talk about your best show ever. Um, and I'm excited for this one because no one has said this one yet. But I, I also think it is an excellent best show. So go ahead, do the big reveal. <laughs> so the best show ever for me, um, and I think one of the reasons is because that was the first time that I went to a show like that as an open gay person. So Pride was for me the best um, in Iowa City. So uh, it was so much fun. You know, the the first time that I went to gay Pride, I feel like it was so much love, so much community. It was a lot of diversity and it, it was just such a beautiful day and we have a lot of fun and it, that's, it's just, you know, it brings so much joy and love and freedom when you are in Pride. I just, it's, it's my favorite show. Yeah. And what are some of the things that went on there? Because I know it does change from year to year. I've only been to one Pride in Iowa City. But I know there's a parade. And then what what are some of the other things that happen when you're You there? know, they have uh, the parades and they also have uh, like a picnic areas where you can go and, you know, share there with more people. They have all the, I can remember all the different events, but they have different kind of things that you can do. Not only um, the day of the parade, like, you know, even after the parade, they have like um, some vendors and different kind of fun things. They have the drag shows that are so cool and fun. I always love to go and see the drag shows. Um, and it's just so fun, you know, to see families together, enjoying some time and celebrating the pride and the celebration of, you know, of uh, diversity and everything. Yeah, it is so interesting. I think obviously the event, the Iowa City event part of Pride is so well done 
um and it's entertaining um and there's yeah there's food there's drinks there's a lot to do but more than anything it is about the fact that it's a day to celebrate being yourself being happy to be who you are um you know celebrating i guess the lgbtqia community so it's not it's not just like going to a show to listen to music and drink beer it's like going out with a bunch of people and celebrating each other yeah it's a really whole experience you know like you see everything in there and you know everyone is just so happy and having fun so it's it's really fun yeah well sad that we couldn't have it this year yeah it was pretty sad but i'm sure hopefully this year we will be able to have it and if no we will keep celebrating at home you know true <laughs> yeah true <laughs> True. That it's the definitely those big ones where it is a lot of it's centered around meeting people like music, like festivals, art festivals. Pride is one of those things where I would argue the biggest attraction is going and just being with other people. It's not even just being entertained, but being around other people. So that is definitely one of the events that it, it's really hard to to make to have the same effect when you're not together, but yes, certainly is worth trying. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for taking some time to talk with us today for working through our technical difficulties. Cause spoiler audience, we always have technical difficulties. (laughs) Just makes it fun. (laughs) Thanks to you for having me. This was so much fun. And I, I really appreciate you guys doing this. I think this is really fun. Yeah, thanks for being a light in our community. Of course. (laughs) Thanks to you. Our song of the week is Rose Gold by Blister. Blister is a shoegaze band based out of Burlington, Iowa. And the song comes from the band's latest EP, Lines, which can be streamed on Bandcamp. So buckle up, all you MBV and Turnover fans listening in, because we are about to go to local lo-fi heaven. Here it is, Rose Gold by Blister.
Film Scene's been a Midwest One Bank customer since we were founded, almost nine years ago now. We're talking with Andrew Sherburn from Film Scene Theater about Midwest One Bank. This is a bank that cares about their community. Midwest One Bank is absolutely a partner in our business. We work with their loan department when we had to expand. From loans to checking, business credit cards to treasury management and more, trust Midwest One Bank with all your business banking. Midwest One Bank really is simply better banking. Member FDIC. Loan subject to credit approval. Support for this podcast comes from Friends of the Inglert. To learn more, visit inglert.org friends. Ongoing support provided by the National Endowment for the Arts and the Iowa Arts Council, a division of the Iowa Department of Cultural Affairs. And by the United States Regional Arts Resilience Fund. Phase One is an initiative of Arts Midwest and its peer United States Regional Arts Organizations, made possible by the Andrew W. Mellon Foundation.